Hi, welcome to Something Real with Pastor Rich Zeiger, connecting the reality of God with the realities of life. I'm Gabe Zeiger. Yeah, you guessed it. Rich is my dad. And I'm filling in for our regular host, Stacy Blasky, for today's Something to Think About edition. Stacy will be back on Thursday for our Something to Talk About Q&A. But for now, let's join Pastor Rich in Luke chapter 4 as we encounter Jesus being rejected in his own hometown. Welcome back. We're back in Luke chapter 4. We're picking up with verses 14 and following. And last time we were together, we saw Jesus uh, facing the direct temptation of the evil one in the wilderness and overcoming uh, with the the tools of the Word of God and the presence of God uh, just as we can. And he comes directly out of that victory uh, and, and is moved to go home and the spirit leads him there so we'll pick up with the reading in verse 14 jesus returned to galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside he taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him he went to nazareth where he had been brought up and on the sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom and he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet isaiah was handed to him unrolling it He found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began saying to them, Today, This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued. No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel during Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, when uh, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up from, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him out down the cliff. But he walked right through them and went on his way. You know, this passage uh, has some unique features in it, and one of the things that is remarkable to me is the quick change of the attitude of the people. One of the other things that stands out is the fact that Jesus, right after this uh, hard, difficult, and yet victorious moment in the wilderness, when he's faced directly with the lies of the devil and and overcomes sin on our behalf, he will uh, later on be the sacrifice for us. But before he could be our sacrifice for sin, he had to overcome, uh, overcome sin himself, which he did. And now he returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Now, there are some things that happen here that John records that Matthew, Mark, and Luke don't. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all jump directly 
from there to, to this. And Luke specifically brings us to this place in Galilee. And uh, Jesus does what was normal and customary. Uh, it's interesting to note that uh, he could have made excuses about not uh, going to the synagogue, to, to church as we would know it. Uh, he could have complained about the corruption of of the system. He could have complained about the hypocrites that were there or said he doesn't need any instruction. Uh, obviously, all of those things would have been true. Who, who can instruct the one who is the word? And yet he saw fit to always be in attendance to gather with the people of, uh, who are praying and, and coming before God. So uh, that's a, a lesson that we can glean from this. Not Luke's point, but it is an interesting thing here. What we do see in Luke's point is that Jesus reads this scroll from Isaiah 61. And the rabbis interpreted this to uh, be speaking of the Messiah. The people there would have known that they were speaking about the Messiah. And before he ever starts, people are amazed. He's already uh, at least teaching. Maybe he's performing miracles already. Uh, I believe based on what we see in John, he's, he's doing those things. But everybody's talking about him. And they're noticing that he has authority when he speaks. And even as he reads this, the way he speaks, the, the, uh, the gracious words coming from his lips, as, as uh, Luke described it, the people are amazed. And everybody spoke well of him. Verse 22 says that. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. This is after he has just declared himself the Messiah. It had to blow them away when he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And yet... Interestingly, that's not what seemed to make them furious. It does appear that perhaps they doubted that. At least they were setting up some sort of a diminishment of it. Uh, isn't he cute? Isn't this Joseph's son? Uh, and it doesn't appear that anybody was against Joseph or, or anybody was against Jesus. I'm sure they were very excited to have uh, the, the hot preacher from their town come home and, and be able to see him uh, do what everybody's been talking about in the region. But what seems to make them furious is when he points out that with all of the need in Israel, these two great Old Testament prophets, Elijah and Elisha, were sent to Gentiles, to outsiders. Jesus has read that the Messiah would be proclaiming this good news to the poor, uh, freedom to the prisoners, that he would release the oppressed, and this reference to uh, what they would recognize as the year of Jubilee from Leviticus, uh, the, the year of setting things right when the slaves are set free and, and God's favor is upon the land. Identifying himself with the Messiah, identifying himself with God's favor and the freedom that would be offered, all good things. They're still speaking well of him and amazed. But when he points out that this isn't about them, it's not about who you are or where you're from or your special connection. It's about your faith and your obedience, your willingness to receive the truth of God. That's what happens in this story with Elijah. Elijah is preaching and declaring this three-and-a-half-year famine in the land of Israel, and people are suffering and destitute because of it. But God sends him to a widow in this Phoenician area of Sidon, and he goes to Zarephath and finds this widow who uh, is poverty-stricken herself, and yet God has prompted her to respond. Uh, Elijah asks her for a meal. She says, I can't. I'm, I'm going home to uh, 
use the last handful of flour and oil that, that I've got to prepare a final meal before my son and I you know, die. She seems to be pretty down and depressed. And yet he calls her to faith, says, go ahead and do that, but I need you to, to do this and make this meal for me as well. She does. She responds. Later on, after her son dies in a later event and he uh, prays and God revives her son, brings him back from the dead, then she recognizes that Yahweh is God, that Elijah's God is, is the God of truth and life. But even in the midst of it, God sends Elijah outside of his chosen people to a woman whose heart was ready to receive him. Naaman comes to Elisha to be cured of leprosy, and, and he is not seeking God, he's seeking healing, and yet God heals him. And because of this healing, he turns, turns his heart to the Lord. Could have happened to anybody in Israel, but it didn't. And when Jesus points that out, there's a clear statement in this. And this will be a theme that we see throughout Luke's gospel, that it's not about who you are or where you come from or what your pedigree is. It's all about the grace of God being extended through the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It's available to everybody if we'll simply receive it. I hope you'll join us for something to talk about on Thursday as Stacy and I discuss this passage and talk a little bit more about what it means and uh, this gospel that's available to everyone and the rejection that Jesus faced here.